Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer a certification program for CSMs and coaching for customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. On today's show, I'll be talking about career development in customer success with Mark Freeman, who is the Senior Director of Customer Success for Pendo. Mark has invested significant time and effort into developing his teams, and we'll be discussing his philosophy on career building, as well as some of the specific tactics that he has employed. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Kristen. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about my favorite topic. (laughs) That's great. Before we get into the topic of career development for our teams, though, can you share a little bit on your own career path and how you landed in customer success? Yeah, sure. So um, about nine years ago, um, I inadvertently landed in CS. I was studying psychology in my university days and first five years mm-hmm. of my career was talent acquisition. So I was leading teams of recruiters uh, at, a, at a pretty big company. Um, and, and it was because of that experience that landed me a gig at LinkedIn. Um, they, it was like an early mm-hmm. prototype of a CSM there. They called it product consultant. Uh, it was like actually within the product okay. organization. Um, and, you know, they were, it was like subject matter ex- expert, um, you know, for them. So they didn't have any idea how to manage clients. So they figured I would have some credibility getting in there. And, and I was really fortunate enough to, to do that and fell in love with, with CS there and built my career first as a CSM, then, you know, getting opportunities to lead CSMs and then teams and, and run departments at a few other startups, um, until more recently, like adjoining Pendo to drive customer success here. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been uh, a real uh, great trip for me. That's great, and um, you know, I know Pendo's in the CS space, and probably most of our listeners know um, a little bit about Pendo. But can just for those who don't, can you tell us a little bit about what Pendo does and how your customer success team is structured there? Yeah, so. Pendo was founded in uh, 2013. It was a group of product folks that came together. Um, co-founders worked at like Rally Software, Google, Cisco, Red Hat, these, these tech firms. And their vision was to come together and develop software for product-led organizations. Um, and the idea was to, to, to help them create product experiences that customers love. Um, and I think what they, what they found was mm-hmm. like features like uh, that help companies innovate, drive customer loyalty, uh, drive retention and revenue, help with the user journey um, was, was um, something that they really needed. And so 
Um, what Pendo does is provide user insights, behavior analytics, user guidance, in-app communication, feedback, sort of the whole loop when it comes to product experience. Um, we're about 330 employees or so, um, headquartered in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's great. Um, but we have offices in San Francisco, New York, and, and London, and have been going global recently. Um, so we're kind of turning a chapter in, in our CS team. We we added a new chief customer officer. She's great. Her name's Jennifer Dearman. Um, and, you know, she's leading a team that's basically structured with three pillars within the success organization. So there's the CSM group, which is where I help lead. Mm-hmm. There is a technical account management group. Okay. Think like... Uh, you know, technical architecture and post-sale like solution consulting group uh, kind of. Uh, and then okay. there's a technical successor support team. Okay. Um, and then finally, we have an ops group that helps us. Um, CSMs are banded across customer base segments from SMB all the way to strategic accounts. And um, of course, like I have to mention, we do leverage Pendo to drive our success. Uh, so we dog food. I would and, expect I mean, that's left. significant for us. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the, the data feeds our health scoring, of course. And um, it tells us where to spend our time. The guides are dynamic and app and contextual and, um, you know, uh, the NPS and sentiment that we get in, it's it comes into a Slack channel and the entire company monitors and we take actions there. So it's, we're, we're really lucky, honestly. I haven't worked at like financial software companies and other companies like to be able to use our own platform and what we do as well as like working mm-hmm. clients is, is a bit of luck, I would say. So we enjoy that. That's great. So let's Let's dive into talking about career development. I know this is a hot topic for a lot of CSMs. Uh, We did a study in the fall about where customer success people were coming into the field from and how long they were in their roles and, um, you know, the skills they were bringing to the table. And one of the um, things that we uncovered is that CSMs are only staying in their jobs for an average of a year and a half, which is not that long. Um, and so I think one of the things that um, you can do to help people stick around is really actively develop their careers. And so um, I know you take a really focused approach to helping your team members develop their careers. Why do you think it's important to work on this with your team in a very intentional way? Yeah, I mean, you pointed out a big one, uh, retention. I mean, CSM is a tough job, right? Like, I I mean, high stress, ebb and flow. Um, I don't know. I feel like most of the time Mm -hmm. CSMs are either dealing with escalations or stressful issues like churns or getting ghosted on a renewal. Um, And it's funny because it's like you can kick butt. Uh, 24 out of the 25 accounts you manage and then something can go wrong on that last one and ruin your week or month. <laughs> yeah. And like without a rudder, I think it's something that can create burnout. Um, and, you know, if, if you have burnout, then they're, you know, CSM is going to phone it in or cruise and become reactive, which isn't good either. Um, or they switch scenery that goes okay. support a different software or change roles. I think your data supports that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm a big believer that talent's everything. Um, every startup I've ever joined, I find out probably within mm-hmm. a few months if I'm dealing with like C plus talent or A talent, and that's that's a meaningful quarter of what a company is capable of. And uh, I think it's really important that CS leaders do this intentionally because I mean CS functions still 
adolescent years. You know, there's not much out there in terms of career pathing, honestly. Um, you know, if, if you're, uh, whether you're a CSM or you're a CS manager and leader, um, you know, how do you walk that walk? Like what skills does it take to do so? What's the, you know, fulfillment you find in the customer journey? I just think it's less than clear. And so it's a, it's a really important topic to me. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. So you mentioned skills. Um, let's start by talking about that. What what are the um, skills and strengths and traits that you think it's important for a CS professional to develop? Oh, there's so many. It's funny. When a recruiter asks me that, like I give them this huge list and they're like, great. Um, you know, here, here's this huge list. There's a lot of in, there's a lot of intangibles. Um, but, but probably best to start with the tangibles, right? Uh, I think okay. So, software company, check. You know, have they have they managed to, to a metric like net retention or churn? Can they talk about that? Check. Have they done? full post life cycle before, like onboarded, you know, done the QBRs and outcome driving and renewals, check. Have they worked cross-functionally in some kind of meaningful way before, dealt with escalations or feature requests, check. And then mm-hmm. I guess just how many years layered on all of that. Um, so that's, the, that's mm-hmm. the easy part. I, I think, you know, the competencies though, I think that's the the, the, yeah. the harder part. And for me, there's a couple of really key ones that stick out. One is probably whatever CS leader thinks about, and that's communication. I mean, obviously, how they communicate, that right. kind of executive presence and poise, I think that's pretty telling right away. And it's your most important trait mm-hmm. in CSM since they spend most of their time communicating externally or internally. Um I think curiosity is another common one. Um, CSMs often have to mm-hmm. do their research or dive into the data to support an argument. You need to look for that intangible. Uh, comfortable with ambiguity. Um, you know, like, are they flexible? At least in my experience, CSMs yeah. at startups, whether it's, I guess maybe not so much important at larger companies where you need more sort of structured process flow and things but at least if you're if you're in a startup mm-hmm. or you're developing a team that ambiguity but being detailed is, is is a really key piece to find and um one, one time i was at uh is it sastra i believe it was and i was listening to a leader speak um she was the was a vp of cs at uh talk desk and she brought up something. She's like, okay. CS leaders don't look enough for uh, and CSMs for this one key trait. And she said, likability. And I didn't really think about that because people go, you know, uh, charisma or whatever. But like, likability is big. Um, you know, are, are they are they yeah. likable? Can you relate to them? Uh-huh. I think is 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 really key intangibles. Um, and at Pendo, we've been trying this tool. It's called the Predictive Index. It's a customer of ours. And, okay. and so we're checking them out. And what it does, it doesn't look for personality in the recruiting process. It seeks like disposition on these intangibles, like what comes natural and all oh, these things. Yeah. It's, it, it, what comes natural? What requires more energy to expend to achieve those traits? Like really, you know, uh, giving a good kind of window into that and to success factors and that's that's pretty cool. Something to check out. It's really been uh, important for us in the hiring process. 
Yeah. I, um, I think those intangibles are really critical. And if I could add a couple to your list that I think are really important, um, I, I think leadership is a big one. Even if you're a frontline CSM, you're still leading cross-functional teams. You're still leading um, your customers through change management processes. And that leadership skill is so critical from the front lines all the way up through management, I think. And then another one that that I like to think about, I love that you said curiosity. That's my, what's one of my top ones. But um, I also think they need to be persuasive. Um, you know, we always think of persuasion as sort of a sales skill, but I actually think it's a CS skill too, because even if you're a CSM and you're not really selling anything, you're still having to talk people into adopting your solution effectively or, you know, changing how they do things um, right now to how you, you'd like to see them optimize the way they're using your solution and so that they get the most out of it. Um, I think persuasion is critical too. Yeah, I do too. I love those. So those are two I would add to your list. <laughs> yeah, I, I, lo- I love them. That's why I like the so I like the leadership one because, and this this kills me. It gets me all the time. Like CSMs, I'll talk about leadership as an important trait. They're like, yeah, but I'm not a manager. I'm like, well, that doesn't. You don't need to be a manager to to to, to be a leader. leader. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when it comes to mentoring others or, um, you know, helping out the team, driving the team forward, like walking the walk with values. Like, I mean, it's it's like so key to to. to so I really like that one. You don't need to be a. You don't need to have a title to to need it. So I really I really like that one a lot. Yeah, I think the other one, and and this one comes up a, a lot as we're you know going through training with the CSMs that we work with in our training program, is they need to they need to have a understanding of business strategy, and that's not because they're you know they don't need an MBA, but they need to know enough to be able to have a good business conversation with their customers and understand you know the why behind you know, the product that they're helping to, you know, implement or helping the customer to use effectively, you know, why does that matter to that client? And having a a basic understanding of different KPIs that companies use to measure their success is really useful when you're, you know, trying to have a conversation with a client about that. Yeah, I love that one. It does require like the ability to ask the right questions. So like if you if you if you can't ask yeah. the right questions to get you know who you're talking to to open up and come to their own conclusions and you kind of lead them there, then the, you know it's it's really hard. So I love that one. And you know, and I think it really you know kind of combines with the curiosity piece and being able to discover properly. So that, those those are really big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. We just listed out a whole bunch of really important skills and characteristics um, that we think are cool. How do you build a culture that supports the development of those characteristics in your team? Yeah, that's tricky. Um, Well, I mean, okay, there's a few things. Uh, I mean, but, but... First off, leaders have to make it a priority. But I think there's like two or three things yeah. that I'll share. I, I think they're probably each one more challenging to do than the last. First off, and is that we have to actually discuss talent. I know it's basic, but managers and leaders yeah. need they they talk all the time about churn and we pour over renewals and health scores and scaling. But why aren't we talking about development or quantifying development? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's. 
that's so important. So we, you know, it's it's up to us as leaders to to make that a priority and how we look at our operating frameworks. Like, do, you know, can you quantify development and how are you trending? Um, I think. I think another thing is that you have to facilitate, I call them step backs, but I'm sure everybody, I'm sure at a more formal company, like a buttoned up company, they'll call them like quarterly mm-hmm. review or, or performance review. But to me, it's like, you've got to have a regular interval where you've got a CSM in a, in a, in a room or a manager or whatever. you got mm-hmm. a whiteboard. You plot out like the, you know, the development. You, you, you look at, um, mm-hmm. you have them figure talk to you about where they feel like they've uh, made strides, where they felt like they had learnings and opportunities or gaps. And then you, you know, share your ideas as a leader and you work together on a plan. Like that's, if you, that's so important, um, you know, for, for CSM development or any development, I would argue. Um, the final thing I think mm-hmm. is the trickiest to me, and it's hard, especially for, for newer managers. I know because I spent many years struggling with this one, and that's radical candor, which is, you know, I'm, I'm uh-huh. sure that's I'm sure a lot of the listeners probably get that one. But I, it, being able to, to break the fourth wall and deliver meaningful feedback and just laying it out and having that kind of conversation mm-hmm. builds trust and it's true feedback and it's it's hard though because because i think most managers struggle with the likability piece like i want to be likable i don't want to you know uh-huh. uh uh cause any kind <laughs> yeah. of conflict or like you know uh shatter anybody's you know worldview but honestly it's that radical candor but doing it in a constructive warm way um sure. is is really key and, and i think i think those things are, are are how you build a culture that supports the development and you don't need a like a people development department to do it that's all bootstrapped by the leaders themselves yep i agree i think it's the leader's responsibility to have regular conversations about this with their team members and you know i think um like you said you can do it in a way that is candid and yet um, constructive. And I I think, you know, when I talk to leaders, I think a lot of leaders worry, oh, well, if I start talking about career development, they're going to want a promotion like right away. And it's just not true. Actually, I believe the opposite. Yep. I believe that if you're talking about career development and you're providing some um, ways for that person to really grow, you can actually delay um, how quickly they, they need to feel like they have to be promoted um, because you're talking about it and they're feeling like they're moving down a path because it's being discussed. I feel like it's when it's not discussed that people feel the real need for that very tangible promotion to feel like they're moving Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. I don't know if you oh, agree I mean, or disagree. I can agree but... more. I, I call it pacing. It's like, you know, um, mm-hmm. If you have the conversation, you set up pacing, like, you, like the, the, you're now thinking about the skills you want to pursue to kind of build up into that sort of skill mastery or S curve. Um, and I think, I, I think mm-hmm. if you, if you avoid it, like you're kind of leaving, you're leaving someone searching. Um, and I see that happen all too uh-huh. often and it kills me because I think that's one important way that you build trust and, and, you know, then it's not that impatient need to go title searching or verifying. It's, it's, it's just about developing skills and accepting challenge and growing. And uh, that's, a, that's a gradual process. The, the titles and the opportunities follow, uh, you know, I think. 
Yeah, they do. Um, So this leads me to my next question, which are, you know, what are some of the opportunities that you have provided for members of your team so that they could grow and develop? And it sounds like you've tried a few things over the years. What what have you found works really well? Um, I think... One thing that works really well is is cross pollination, cross training. Um, you know, giving the teams opportunity to learn from amongst each other, empowering folks that are good at a certain thing, and and asking them, provoking them even, hey, like want you to 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 help lift the team up in this level. Yeah, you're really good at QBRs. Like you work those metrics and give the doctors orders. Fantastic. Well, why don't you? show mm-hmm. how you did that with that customer nothing's more effective um you know having that that peer voice it really solidifies it because it's happening out on the street um so i think that's been successful for me right uh mentorship obviously at different stages though um you, you, the thing about mentors is that like mm-hmm. you have to actively keep it up um you know it, you get you have a mentor when you mm-hmm. onboard you get a buddy um, then you have to think about like over time, what other mentors do you need, whether that's access to senior leadership and providing it or, you know, different folks from different teams, really encouraging the mentorship is I've seen be very successful. I personally like player coach roles. I, I've, I've talked to CS leaders that, and just leaders in general that feel a little funky about this. They're like, Oh, what, well, you know, if I create a team lead, <laughs> Oh, it's, it's like, it's going to be too ambiguous. Like they don't have the requisite kind of like, you know, uh, not power, but like sort of details on what does that mean? But I'm like, that's the point, right? Like if, if you have a team leader role, you've Mm -hmm. got somebody that cares a little bit more about the people around them than their own desk. That's the first sign of leadership, put them in a role where they're driving the team forward that way. And and interesting things happen in development. So I, I, I love team leads. Um, um, you know, we, we don't mm-hmm. do a lot of like, and oh, I, go ahead. I was going to, I was going to say, you know, I, I think you can do it in a way that is more structured too. Um, just as an example at vertical response, when I was leading the support team there, um, we had team leads on the support team. We also had a manager for each of our support teams. And so the, the team lead um, had some specific things they were responsible for for the team, but also kind of co-led the team. And it gave us an opportunity to groom those people so that when we had a manager who moved to their next career th- you know, step, there was somebody to come behind them who could step into that management role, had leadership experience, and um, you know, could just hit the ground running. And so I think there's some, some ways you can structure it where it actually can be almost like a succession plan. I love that. I mean, I, I think sometimes, look, some people don't want to give up the field. I'm not going to lie. There are times I wish I was still working <laughs> with customers. Like I miss that. Yeah. Uh, I have a service to run. So like, I guess my time's up, but like, I, you know, but, but, you know, talking about that service, I mean, management is a service for, so, so for some folks, right. they really thrive at going out, you know, they take that principal kind of approach to their, their, their career arc like that, that they want to master being out in the field, but they also want to coach others. And that's perfectly fine by them. They don't need to do 
these performance reviews and step backs like I talked about. They just want to excel in the field and, and help others. And why wouldn't we encourage that? We have to be very open-minded about these structures and teams and not be so kind of rigid, I think. Um, so. Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. I want to let you know about a special live podcast coming up. Strike Deck Radio and Helping Cells Radio are teaming up for one night only, September 26th at the Service Rocket office in Palo Alto, California. Bill Couchard, the host of Helping Cells Radio, and I will be talking about our favorite episodes, sharing things we have learned about customer success from our guests, and answering your questions about our podcasts. Join us for this live podcast on September 26th at 5.30 p.m. in Palo Alto. For more information, check the link in this podcast description or go to meetup.com and search for 2019 September Palo Alto CS Meetup. We hope you'll join us. The Success League offers a research-based certification program for CSMs. This 16-class series is based on a study we conducted on the various fields that CSMs are coming from and the skills and strengths they are bringing to the table. Our comprehensive certification course helps CSMs build knowledge in new areas and enhances the background they already have. Our online classes are instructor-led by seasoned customer success leaders and include tools and exercises that CSMs and managers can use to extend learning beyond the class. Our program is designed to drive knowledge retention, meaningful change, and real results. For more information and our fall schedule, please visit thesuccessleak.io. And now back to the podcast. So not every company is unfortunately willing to invest in career development for their employees. I have two questions about that. First of all, how do you go about helping your organization understand the importance of growing team members and encourage them to add budget for this? Yeah, I love the question. Um, not an easy answer, though. Uh, I mean... Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was hoping you had a, like, a fancy answer Ooh, for me. <laughs> I don't know about a fancy answer. I'll probably say something somewhat controversial then. Um, or, or maybe okay, not, depending it. on your inclination. I, I guess, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you know, uh, don't, don't wait for the business to embrace the change or expect it um, or even feel entitled mm-hmm. to it. Um, you know, uh, exemplify it. Um, you know, go, mm-hmm. go put in the sweat equity yourself. It's kind of tied into what I said earlier about leaders have to go be the change. They have to make it like a part of their calling card as a leader. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I, I try to, you'd have to ask them to verify, but I, I tell my boss, I tell other leaders that work with me how much I care about people and talent because I do. Um, yeah. and I try to recognize my team. I try to give them opportunities to grow and I try to facilitate those concepts early, you know, the step backs, the career plans, Mm -hmm. the open discussions. Um, But then again, I'm in a startup environment. So like I'm probably used to bootstrapping this stuff and and not having a a fully developed team. Um, You know, here at Pindo, we do have a career Mm -hmm. development team that's excellent. That's really starting to to build managers and, and, and yeah, it's, it's, but it, but it's new and I I couldn't afford Mm -hmm. to wait on that natural maturity to happen within a company. So I don't know. I, I think you have to go out and exemplify it and, and show the impact to the business and what it means. And that that kind of helps the organization embrace it. I, I 
agree with that. And um, that leads me to my second question related to this. So if someone in this audience that's listening to the podcast works for an organization that just doesn't have budget for career development, they didn't plan for it, or they're an early stage company, it sounds like you've been kind of scrappy over the years. What are some of the tactics that they could employ that aren't very expensive? Um, there's a... Um... There's a couple of like good good readings. Um, I mentioned S curves earlier. There, uh, um, mm-hmm. Whitney jo- Whitney yeah. Johnson uh, has an article on HBR. Throw your life a curve. That's a really good article to start with. Um, I, I mean, I think if you you got to read Radical Candor, um, that's really really key to mm-hmm. be able to give feedback effectively. Um, but that's that's like that's all reading. <laughs> so we're you know like outside of theory uh-huh. and frameworks. I think there's some practical advice. Like ask your teams. Um, you know, uh, here's a tactic: ask your teams. Like, what would they like to see more in terms of discussing development? I did that. It wasn't too it wasn't too weird to uh-huh. be like, all right, I'm coming in. I, this is going to matter to me. What would you like to see? Like, how often would you like to have these conversations? Mm-hmm. What you're going to find is some are like, oh, you know, I'm okay with it every quarter. I actually really want to lean into this. I want I want it down on paper and I want to track it. It's great. I mean, mm-hmm. and then you have you have a versatile approach to accommodate mm-hmm. what your teams are looking for. Um, I think early, you know, I mentioned the step backs a few times. To me, that's table stakes. I think you have to make that a priority. You have to make mm-hmm. an interval, uh, you know, where you uh, talk about per- performance and step back and skills development. Um, and then other than mm-hmm. that, I mean, oh, I know one. Set expectations on career growth with your team. Um, and and yeah. it sounds like a like a like a no brainer, but if you got to lay it out there, so if you think promotability is a year or two of results and exuding certain traits, we'll say it. Like meet with the team, lay it out. Like mm-hmm. I think that's really motivating to to know sort of some expectations as opposed to just yeah, when the next job comes up, throw your hat in the ring, see what happens. You know, I, I think I think it's just a different uh, tactic altogether. And then, you know, get feedback. Like, as you're doing this, don't make it a backroom planning session, you know, with managers only. Just, you know, um, you know, as you work these things out, get some feedback from, from your team. I, I think those are some things that you do. Yeah, so I, I think some of what's playing into this is that, you know, there there's a huge demand for CSMs and there's not that many CSMs in the market to fill that demand. And so because of that, companies are having to hire people that are more junior. And if you think about it, you know, when you were in college, your life moves at a pretty fast clip. You know, you're taking classes every quarter or every semester, you're getting grades that often and you're getting constant feedback. And when you shift from that kind of an environment to the career environment where things don't happen for years at a time, it can kind of be a little bit of a shock. And so my, I suspect that some of this need to constantly progress every year or every nine months into whatever's next kind of comes from being a little newer in your career. And so I think, you know, if we want to kind of combat the idea that, you know, you need to be promoting people every nine months into new jobs, we really need to be able to support them and, and help them see progress while they're in between um, promotions. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think that's, you can harness a team full of people that want to promote nine months. You can actually flip it and turn it into like your expectations. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, great. We have, we have a team of five folks that want to move up. Actually, I've had that scenario. Um, you know, what to do, what to, what to do, do we avoid or, you know, or do we lean into it and say, okay, well, this is the bar we're going to set for the team. So you kind of redirect the energy into, you know, this is, this is what the expectations are. Um, but you, but you have to like, you have uh-huh. to take the time to put those thoughts down and share back. Uh, but I think you're totally right. Like, I mean, we're doing that. We've invested in some folks that haven't done CS before. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of goes back to why we're chatting yep. about this in the first place. And I believe in it because it's not like there's, there's a whole lot of, you know, um, material around development. Um, so it's, it's just so important. Yeah. And, you know, as we were prepping for this episode, you know, one of the things you had mentioned was that employees really need to be the caretakers of their own careers. So another question I had for you is if someone's listening today and they aren't receiving support from their manager or from their organization, what would you suggest they do to continue their own growth? Yeah. um, Well, this sounds brash, but Honestly, if, if, if their leader isn't supporting their growth, then they should find a new leader. Uh-huh. <laughs> Honestly, or I mean, I guess I, I guess if you if you feel like I mean, we should, <laughs> well, okay, let me put it a different way. If if they're not supporting your growth, you feel like if you're not getting the indicator your company or manager isn't supporting your growth, that's not a tenable position. Um, or let's let's just right. say the company does, but your manager isn't supportive. Well, I think to, to be the caretakers of their own career, don't suffer in silence. Like, have the awkward conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, surprises me all the time how people don't open up about the things that bother them sooner. Um, you know, just 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 br- bring it up. Um, you know, it's a startup of you, uh, like Reed Hoffman. Um, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he inspires me as a LinkedIn homer. Um, you know, I, I, you know, he wrote a book about it. It's just you, you, you really have to consider the, 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 the skills that you demand, um, not only for your own fulfillment, but your career prospect long term. So you got to open up about it. Um, also, um, take the time to lay out what you want to learn. Um, even if you have a supportive manager, this is an important signal to send to them because managers don't. It's, they're not the ones building the careers. They're, they're, they, well, they are, but they, they start with individuals wanting to do something about it first. Um, so if if if, mm-hmm. if 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 you get that indicator from the employee that they want to take control of their career, not just you know do the role, um, but actually plan and pursue what they want, it's a totally different ball game. Um, I think there's some other things that could do too, like local meetups. That is one thing customer success is is pretty good at, at least in metro areas. Um, you know, it might be a little difficult if you're not in a metro area, but at least, you know, I know a few of my CSMs, um, even last night in San Francisco, there was a meetup. They went, they learned, you know, from, Mm -hmm. from peers. Um, I know here in Raleigh, we have at least one or two a month, um, be active, learn, engage in those. Those meetups are incredible, um, to, to join. So. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of things you can learn from your peers, you know, um, it's a new field and it's growing and changing all the time. And I think if you're not investing in, um, learning about the field, you're going to be at a disadvantage in our field right now I think because so. it's, it's changing constantly and people are getting cool ideas and doing new things and meetups are how you learn about that. So I love your meetup idea. 
I feel like there's no methodology out there quite yet for customer success. You know, like there's sales frameworks like the Challenger, Sandler, Force or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, CS, you have to really cobble together a bunch of ideas. There's blogs, there's meetups, there's what your what your um, peers experimenting with. So you, you really do have to kind of bring all those ideas together and and in your own book of business needs to be like your own startup. Like you're segmenting your customers, you're trying things, you're, you're, uh, that's, I think that that experimentation is still pretty important to, to, you know, NCS. So. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so, um, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know what's coming next. This is the last question. And this is a chance to off-road and talk about something different if you want. But what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? Can I be cheeky and say career development? There you go. Um, actually, it's not the biggest trend, but it really... Oh, that's what <laughs> it, need, it needs to be. It's not the biggest trend. It needs to be. Maybe we can start a revolution here. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So let me get a real answer. Uh, although that is a real answer to me. Um, next would probably be... It is a real answer. <laughs> uh, next would be education. Um, there's not a great volume of it out there, as I mentioned. Okay. There's there's not enough industry metrics or benchmarks. Um, hey, now. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we need folks like you. Uh, there's a little education, but you're right. There's, there's not tons. Um, I, yeah. there, you know, there's a, there's a few people out there who've got classes going and, you know, it, there's a few university programs getting started, but, but that's pretty early days and not a whole lot. Well, I'd like to see more. To be honest, so I agree with you. I would do. I think it would be great. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I do, I do. When it comes to like strategy, um, like traditional strategy, when you ask that question, I mean, I guess I'm hearing a lot from customers and our own experience that creating a multifaceted CS team that can do like several things at once, like be highly consultative, proactive, outcome oriented while doing scaled automations Mm -hmm. and touch points while Mm -hmm. making those personable, memorable interactions, those highly, you know, customized moment that matters. Like all of that has to be built into a CS team. So that's a lot of flanks to look after. So how do you build a CS team that can handle Mm-hmm. All those angles. I, that's a big trend um, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's a challenge. Um, and that's a lot of what we do on the consulting side of our business is really help companies think through what's it going to take to, you know, have a very white glove, high touch program and at the same time be automating part of what you're doing with your clients, and which is a completely different approach. But both of them need to be excellent. And, um, and yeah. so, yeah, all of that together is there's a lot of moving parts and customer success for sure. So Mark, you and I are both pretty passionate about the topic of uh, career development. And I had a blast talking with you today and I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your ideas and your approach with the audience. So thanks for taking the time out to chat with me on this. Pleasure was all mine. I can geek out about this. So it's, it's a treat. Um, (laughs) We could talk for another hour. (laughs) Um, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I mean, I, I love to to talk to anybody about this topic or just CS practitioner to practitioner. Um, you can get me at um, mark at pendo.io, uh, M-A-R-K at pendo.io, or okay. uh, just hit me up on LinkedIn. I think that's that's an easy way too. 
Perfect. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.